This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Thursday night, with the first pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma University. I got goosebumps. Can you imagine what that's like to be drafted and then and drafted first? What a, what a great day for Kyler and his family, his friends, his former teammates, his former coaches, the Arizona Brass. But you know, right, that before Thursday night and that announcement, there was a whole lot that went on behind the scenes. There were a lot of practices. There were a lot of interviews. There were a lot of uh, keeping stats. There were a lot of crucial conversations. Imagine this. Imagine that the Arizona Cardinals draft Kyler Murray first, but they don't tell him. In fact, no one tells him. Ever. Go back Thursday night, Kyler Murray's in that room, that tinted room, and, and his name is called, but he doesn't hear it. No one tells him, and they just go on with draft pick number two and draft pick number three. Around midnight that night, Kyler goes home, doesn't have any idea that he's been drafted. And no one tells him on Friday or Saturday or again any other day of his life. Can you imagine how different his life would be if he were drafted as he was and no one ever told him that? No contracts. No endorsements. You know, maybe he's going to win Super Bowls, but he wouldn't. Maybe be in the, the Pro Bowl, but he wouldn't. Wouldn't be able to use the gifts that, that he has to lead. He would miss out on all that friendship and everything if, if nobody would have told him that he was drafted. Hold on to that. We'll come back to that later. The NFL draft is one of the highlights of the NFL football season. As we gather here this morning, we've just come off some of the highlights of Christianity, the church here, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday. You know, I'm still shaking my head on the way to church. Are you kidding me, man? He was dead. They rolled a rock in front of him. They sealed that baby up. They had a guard there. And on Easter Sunday, he came walking out. That's awesome. Take that, sin, death, and the devil. Amazing. Let's have a talk, all right? Let's, let's have a crucial conversation. Do you ever wonder where you would be if you lived 2,000 years ago with Jesus? Would, would you have been in that crowd on Palm Sunday, praising him? Would you be in that, that gang on Good Friday, condemning him? Would your shouts of praise have turned to shouts of condemnation. See, often what happens in life is, is we end up doing things that we never anticipate doing. We end up doing things that we told ourselves, we told maybe even other, no way am I doing that. 
And then we go off and do it. Like one of Jesus' disciples named Peter. Peter, he's the, he's the one who said to Jesus, Jesus, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. You're our savior. Peter, his name means rock. What Peter was saying is, is man, I love you. Later, he would go on and say, Jesus, no matter what happens, I will not deny you. I will die before I deny you. I'm a rock, and you're the foundation. And then within 12 hours of that excited promise that he would never deny Jesus, he crumbles at the accusation of a teenage girl who's going to be in trouble if she doesn't sneak into the house because she's broken curfew. And because of, of guys like Peter, I doubt myself. I, I wonder what I would do. Here's maybe a hint uh, about what we would do if we'd be in that Palm Sunday group praising and then on Good Friday. Here's a, here's a hint. Have you ever prayed to God? Have you ever praised him? And then use that same heart and that same mouth within like a week to curse someone or to curse God? If so, you probably have a pretty good idea where you'd be at on Good Friday. Now, you know, I, I don't know where I'd fit in, where you would fit in, in that exactly. But when, when Peter has a crucial conversation with the people, I know exactly where I'm going to be at. Here's Peter's crucial conversation way back then and for you and me today. He says, therefore, let all Israel, all the people that are right there in front of him, you and me, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. I know right where I'd be at. I, I know right where I am at. I'm guilty of crucifying Jesus. I'm guilty of killing God's son. I know my stats. My stats are clear. I love myself more than God. I've praised him and used that same mouth to rip him apart, to question him, to doubt him, to deny him. Use that same mouth to, to crush people that he dearly loves, sometimes even behind their back. Because as you know, right, it's easier that way. I know my stats. Let's have a crucial conversation. The person sitting closest to you right now is guilty of the exact same thing. So you understand, right? You're the one that's closest to someone as well. Scriptures say all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So much for that myth that only good people go to church, right? Guilty of killing God. I know my stats. Here's what happened 
as that crucial conversation continued on. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent, change your mind, go the opposite direction, be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Wow. An amazing gift. Forgiveness free for us. Costly to Jesus, but free for us. The removal of all of our bad stats. Not based on anything we have done, but based on what Jesus has done. See, Jesus completed out that, that crucial conversation that he had had before, that conversation that, that he shared with the people way back there that, that's still good for you and me today, though, when he said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's crazy. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. It's not how we would do it, right? Forgiveness free. Through our scripture lesson this morning in Isaiah chapter 55, God the Holy Spirit invites you and me no, no matter who we are, uh, he invites us to receive God and all of his blessings. Okay? He said it this way. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. God is saying, here, I got all these blood. You're welcome. Please come. Please come. Just come in. He's going, I, I, I know it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. Because it's grace. And I'm God. And he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. What that all means is, is that God made some astonishing draft picks, right? He, he chose uh, those with, with not good stats, <laughs> not very good at all, in fact, not good at all, based on the perfect stats of Jesus Christ, based on Jesus winning the victory for you and for me. We don't earn it, we don't deserve it, and God says, I pick you, I choose you. And that leads us to today, okay? April 28, 2019, latest survey out says millennials, 97% of millennials who believe that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, 97% of millennials who think and believe that Jesus is the greatest thing that could ever happen to anyone, 
that, that their sins are forgiven, that they're guaranteed of eternal life, and they have guidance and strength for the day, 97% of millennials think that's the greatest thing. That's pretty awesome. You know, got a little bit of work to do, 3%, but that's pretty good. Other millennials in that same survey say that, you know, they'd be willing to have a faith conversation as long as there wouldn't be any judgment and people wouldn't expect a decision right away. That sounds like pretty good stuff to me, right? 97% believe this is the most awesome thing. Uh, others go, man, I'd be in for it. Just, just talk with me, you know, just talk with me. The issue is that 47% of those believing millennials who say that Jesus is the greatest thing ever, 47% of them say they think it's inappropriate to share Jesus with anyone else. But millennials aren't the only ones who struggle with sharing God with other people, are they? Uh, listen to what MLK said about 50, 50 60 years ago. He says, our, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about important matters. What that means is, is there are a whole lot of people out there that God loves, that God forgives, that God has chosen, but no one's ever told them. Think about Kyler Murray and never being told that he was drafted. See, we need to have a crucial conversation, don't we? We need to have some crucial conversations. And as you, as you think about these crucial conversations, three things. You know, what do you want for yourself? What do you want for the other person? And what do you want for the relationship? And, and what you and I so often have been led to believe is that if we share Jesus, we might ruin the relationship. What about if you looked at it just the opposite way? What if you shared Jesus and that relationship blossomed far more than you can ever imagine? See, there's more than one way. Again, millennials tell us how they want that faith conversation. Just, just talk with me without judgment. And don't expect me to make up my mind right away. That's perfect. That's perfect, right? They don't want to be made a project of. We don't either, right? What if someone came to us and said, you're my project? You know, I'm going to work with you until you get it. You're my project. That's not going to fly well, right? We don't make anyone our project. We make them the object of our love and even far greater, the object of God's love. And, and as we have these crucial conversations, you know, we go, well, what do I say? Okay, you know, I get it. We got to have the crucial conversation, but what do I say? What if they ask me a question I don't know? 
well, let's just follow the lead of Jesus, all right? So in his book, Martin Copenhaver's book, Jesus is the Question, he says that, that Jesus asked 307 questions. He was asked 183 questions, and of those questions that he was asked, he directly answered only eight. Do you get the point of the crucial conversation? The point of the crucial conversation, first thing, key, is you don't say anything. You listen. Jesus listened. Listen to people's hearts, their hopes, their dreams, their hurts. And then he shared the good news. And, and it is good news, okay? It's not like that commercial, you know, is the doctor good? He's okay, you know? Jesus is not okay. He's the greatest thing. He's the greatest one, right? He's the greatest one. So when we listen, we're beginning to understand the person in front of us. Their hearts, their hopes, their dreams, their hurts, their challenges, their insecurities, um, their delights. And then after we listen, after we listen, we might, we might have an opportunity to share the greatest news of all. Not a project, an object of God's love. When I was doing campus ministry at UWGB, that, that was one of the coolest things. Somebody had asked me a question, and I'd pull out the Jesus card. And I'd ask the question back. Okay, so they asked me a question, and I'd just go, well, what do you think? And that gave them time to process, think, express. It built out a ton of respect and trust, an open door. For Jesus. Listen. You know that God's listening to you too, right? He's heard every prayer, taking them all to heart. He's listened to every word you said, whether it was good or bad. He's listened so deeply to you, he's heard your every thought and attitude. Jesus listens in love. So let's go back to the draft, right? Not the NFL draft, but God's draft. Imagine that no one told you that God chose you. How'd that work out for you? Right now. And what about in eternity. Let's think of it this way, okay? We're going to go a little bit different because not everybody's into sports, right? Silly people, but anyway, you know. <laughs> Let's imagine that, that I have a, a close neighbor, Dave. We live just a couple of condos away. Our kids are the same age. Uh, we talk a lot. We do a lot of things together and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Good relationship. We end up at pick and save at the exact same time, okay? Uh, and we're both there. We both just need a gallon of milk. That's it. 
okay? And as we walk into Pick and Save, I know that there's a coupon there for free milk. And as we walk by that coupon, I pick that up, and Dave and I keep on talking. And we go back by the milk, right? And, and he picks up his gallon of milk, and I pick up my gallon of milk, and we go up to the front, and we go to the self-checkout. And I let Dave go first, right? Because I'm a good person. I'm a Christian. That's what we're supposed to do, okay? So Dave goes first. He scans his milk, box 79, pulls out his money, pays for it, two bucks, gets 21 cents, grabs the milk and the receipt, and he stands off to the side and waits for me because he's a good guy, right? So I got my milk. I scan my milk. I grab my coupon, scan my coupon, grab my receipt. My coupon's free milk. Didn't cost me anything. Dave's sitting there, really? You know, really? You didn't tell me about that? Are you serious right now? Okay. And if you don't think it's that big a deal, just reverse it. All right. And you're there with your friend and you go first and he costs you two bucks and, you know, buck 79 and your friend goes to and they got the free coupon. You really? Picture. It's the last day. Okay. Last day. Dave's going down. And I'm going up because I got this coupon called Jesus Grace. How do you think Dave feels then? What the heck? Are you kidding me? An eternity? And again, if you, you don't think it's any big deal, just reverse it. Dave's going up, and you're going down. Because you don't have the Jesus coupon of grace. Crucial conversations. Song lyrics by Jason Grace says this, God put a million billion doors in the world for his love to walk through. One of those doors is you. Let's go back to the draft just for a minute, God's draft, right? If this is the very first time, the very first time you've ever really heard anything about Jesus and you're just kind of getting this Christianity thing is about grace and, and undeserved love and, and that kind of thing, and you're, yeah, God chose you. Amazing day. God chooses you. And maybe you're here today, and, and you know you're part of God's family and everything, and, and you've had opportunity to share Jesus with, with others, and, and for whatever reason, uh, you haven't always done so. What's God say about that? It says, I choose you. It's about grace. It's not about works. It's about undeserved love. And maybe, maybe you were here, and, and you knew that one time God chose you. You were on the team. You were in his family. But somewhere along the way, it's not worth it. You had other things to do. And now, here you are. And you're wondering, can it, can it be true for me? You know? Maybe you're watching this online. 
And you're going, is it true for me? Or maybe you see it in the archive years from now, and you're wondering, did God choose me? The answer is yes. He chose you by grace. He chose you. And so God says, welcome home. Welcome to the family. Welcome to victory. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.